Good morning. My name's Kyle. I am the pastor of Community and Care. Uh, pastor Anthony, our senior pastor, he is out of town today, so I'm substitute teaching, literally and figuratively. So make sure no one causes any problems and everything's good today, so I don't get in trouble. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be great, but also I'm going to switch these Bibles out because I don't know how people read these and being on stage, like the font is probably like eight in here. I'm like, there's no way I can read this and try to talk and be in public, but so welcome. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Here at Redemption Church Flagstaff, we have a tradition. Uh, some of you love this tradition. Some of you hate it. Usually, this tradition, what we do is re, we stop before we get in the sermon, and we re-greet each other. And some people die when we say that. Other people are like, yeah, whatever, we love it. So this morning, we're not going to do that because I want to earn your favor more and more as I help pastor. So you could tell Anthony to be like, Kyle's a cool pastor. We love him. Well, we love you too, Anthony, but you make us do this. Um, one day I'll make you do it. But seriously, one of our traditions here is before we have the sermon, we pray. We pray for another local church, and we pray for the sermon itself. So this morning, would you join me in prayer? I want to lift up the Commons Church flag staff, and would you join me in praying also for this um, sermon? Because today, I'll give you a little sneak peak is every year, about once a year, maybe every two years, we do a sermon on singleness. It's a huge cultural movement to normalize singleness. And so a lot of times as the, the church focuses on marriage and families, which those are really good, but we kind of can neglect some singleness. So this topic of singleness, depending on where you're at in life and age and experience could be very touchy or you're like, yeah, whatever, this should be fine. So it, it can kind of cover the gambit of how people feel about this. So we're going to get into that today, but let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you that as uh, your people that we can gather in different expressions, different bodies, different communities, and we can worship you, Lord. And I just thank you that for us on Sundays, there's so many people that come to sing, to praise, to, to listen to your word, to teach your word, and to receive um, you, Lord God. We thank you for Sunday. So we lift up the commons. Just thank you for their witness in Flagstaff, for their work to love people, to be inviting, and, and just to be an open place of worship and bring people into a relationship with you, Jesus. So we lift up the commons, and as they worship this evening, Lord God, we just ask that, Lord, your spirit would be present so people would be renewed, refreshed, as they preach the word, Lord God, would your uh, word be uh, bold and courageous in their hearts and their minds and be received well. We just thank you so much for this church and Flagstaff and for the, the Christians who gather through the commons. And Lord, this morning, as we look at your word and we talk about sensitive subjects, Lord God, I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and discernment. And Lord, I'm just thankful that you've given us your word and that you're present to your spirit and that you would lead us into an understanding um, of ourselves, of each other. And Lord, most of all, would we just, as a result of this morning, love each other better, Lord God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So currently, I am married. I've been married uh, just over two years. But however, I was, I think, 
at 37 when I got married, and I became a Christian when I was 21. So the majority of my Christian life, I've been single, and I was single. So I helped plan a church single. I was like volunteer in Young Life and different ministries single, just serving churches, became a church member, uh, became a pastor, different college ministries like the Navigators as a single person. Um, So most of my church life, I have been single. So when Anthony was like, hey, we do this sermon usually regularly, I think you should be the guy to give it because I've been married a long time. You're like mostly single. You know, you're married now, but it's been a long time. So I think people could relate to you more. I was like, okay, fair enough. Let's go for it. Um, So these are the kind of things I would hear as a single person in the church. What are you doing You know, you're getting older. Why aren't you getting married? The clock is ticking. You won't be complete until you find your spouse. Or this one is, you'll be whole once you get married. Once you find that perfect person, you'll be whole. And this is my favorite story. This this lady, she's so sweet. I love her. She was so nice. But every time I would be like, coming into her office where she worked, she worked in like our community area, so you always have to pass her. She kind of would stop me, and she'd be like, how are you doing, Kyle? I'd be like, great. Always checked on my relationship status. And once, one morning, she was like, hey, you know what? You'd be perfect for my daughter. She is great. You guys would have such a good relationship. I just think you'd be perfect. She's engaged. She's getting married really soon, but you'd be so perfect. <laughs> I... I was like, what do you say? This is so uncomfortable. I'm like, you like build this up for me. So I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Like I'm open to this blind date thing. Like that sounds great. She's married or about to be married. Like this is a really weird thing. And so being single in the church, I felt so much pressure to be in a relationship, to be married, to live this marriage style life, which isn't bad. And we're not gonna say like, oh, it's a bad thing, but it's a huge, humongous pressure that we can put on our people and that is what we feel. And it makes sense because America, as we look at American history, we've been to like a marriage or the institution of marriage has been a central piece of our culture for the majority of our history, I would argue. And so in the past decades, as marriage has kind of shifted and declined, we have this huge cultural movement where it's really normal to be single. And I was doing some research in preparation, uh, a company called Pew Research, they say of Americans right now, about 69% of Americans are married, have families, 31% are single. And so it's like really, that's a huge, just a, a third of our people are single in the country. And then I think too, as we look at our local church, a huge portion of us are single as well. So if we don't look at singleness and talk about it, we're really missing a huge component of our church and our culture. And so this morning, before we get into scripture, there's kind of like three things I want to talk about. One, as we look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, we're going to see this idea of singleness. There's like two states to singleness. Then we're going to also touch on and just make sure we're clear, singleness like spans 
a lifetime. It's not necessarily, oh, I'm like 18, 19, young adult, I'm single, looking for marriage. Like some people are single after divorce, some people are widowed. There's all sorts of uh, age ranges for being single. So we don't want to just like hone in and focus like, oh, this is for the young adult crowd or, you know, teens, high schoolers, whatever. So this, this, when we think about it, there's people that fall into this category across the entire life. And then the third thing we want to do is we'll kind of end with more of an application. But in that time, I figured, yeah, I love to teach and talk through some stuff. But if we could hear from people about what's their experience and how they're currently living in a singleness state in our church, it'd be way more rich and more fulfilling to hear from them. So we'll have like a little interview section. So less of me talking, then we'll have uh, a little time to chat, and then we'll close it up. So that's kind of what it looks like. So what we're going to do, and if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 7. That's about like 75% of the way towards the end of the book. 1 Corinthians 7. And before I read, and I'm going to read this passage 25 to 40. I'm going to read it all the way through. It's a little bit longer. It's God's word, so you can't complain. Um, But it goes back, it kind of oscillates between this idea of being single in two different states. So instead of trying to like read, talk, read, talk, I'm going to read the whole thing and then I'd rather talk through that. Um, So just a little bit of context before we begin, where 1 Corinthians is a letter that Paul, he writes to this people, this church in Corinth. So Paul, he has this like crazy interaction with Jesus. He's a zealot Jew who is tasked to actually murder Christians and had a license to kill and uh, anyone who was denouncing the Jewish faith and pronouncing Jesus as the Lord and Savior. So he meets, interacts with Jesus, radical salvation story. He just goes ham on spreading the gospel across their known world. And he ends up in the city of Corinth. So Corinth, when I think about it, I would probably relate it to the city of Las Vegas where it's a place of, like people think about freedom, uh, sexual expression, overindulgence, wealth, alcohol, uh, inebriation, and devotion to any kind of feeling or devotion to any kind of God. This is the place of Corinth. So what happens is the gospels preach, these people believe in Jesus and they start following him. But they live in a culture, so they're like interact and encountering these difficulties. And the biggest problem we're having in this time in Corinth is people are like, oh, we have freedom and grace? Okay, I can live uninhibited, no limits, it doesn't matter. And specifically, as we look at this chapter 7, this is in the context of sexual integrity. So Paul lays out a a bunch of different sexual immoralities, way people are acting and doing things to experience sexual pleasure, and he lumps in the middle of this, this thing on singleness. And of these Uh, problems Paul addresses, this is one of five. So this sexual integrity and singleness within that is one of five huge problems this church is facing. So what does Paul do? He writes the church. He's like, hey, let me help correct you. Let me understand this. So uh, let us read 1 Corinthians 25 through 40. So you can read along and we also have the text on the screen. And let's see what Paul has to say. 
Now, about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how, can, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he's engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. So you see... I'll read the last, sorry. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. So Paul, he writes, as you see, a pretty intense, um, tense ideas and beliefs on hey, when do we stay single? When do we get married? And obviously you feel that tension if you read through this a few times. You feel this tension on people asking them like, hey, is it okay? I'm like betrothed or engaged to this man or woman, but like, wait, I'm a Christian now. Should I break this off? Should I get married? Hey, I want to be married. I have a desire to have kids. Is this good or bad? And I'm sure they are living in conflict and this was an argument they're having. So Paul's giving these two two places of singleness saying, hey, if you want to get married and you have that desire to get married, that's good. Move into it. Yeah, it comes with some headaches. Marriage is harder and you'll have to focus and love your spouse, your husband, your wife, but this is a good thing to do. You're free to do that. Then he also says to the person who's like, I think I'm content and I'm good being single. He says, stay single. That's great because you don't have to worry about any of the extra stuff. You could just be devoted and serve the Lord. So we see Paul gives us these two places of singleness. Those who have a desire or passion to be married and to be in that relationship, and then the others who are content with being single their whole lives um, or the remainder of their life. And so both are good. 
and they're fine to be. And I think what happens and what we see usually is like the normal narrative is like, hey, marriage is, is the best thing. Marriage is good as well, but also we never consider or disciple people be like, hey, have you ever considered like, is the Lord calling us to remain single to serve him? We, the, the, usually the normalcy is just to move like, okay, I got to start dating someone or after a breakup, like, okay, who's next? Um, or how do I pursue a relationship? How do I find this completeness, this wholeness in marriage? So we need to start normalizing, looking at singleness is okay and good. So us as a church kind of shifts our mindset to help walk with people in their singleness, not to pressure them to marriage or set them up on dates, whatever. It's like, hey, where are you at? Like, have you considered some of this stuff? Have you ever prayed about being single? I know, like, when I was single in the church, like, praying about, like, do I feel called to this or not? Not a single Christian I knew would ever had any way to coach me through that. They're like, oh, yeah, why aren't you just getting married? Like, go get married. I'm like, okay, but like I see the scriptures here, like what if I'm content in my singleness? Like how do, I, how do I feel through this or work through this? Um, and yeah, it is a blessing to be married and I love Jacqueline, I love my wife, but the church, like I I've always think like, hey, would they have, like why did they put so much pressure on me, you know? And so um, this is important to ask this question because like I said, we, we are in a culture in a, church of singleness like we have quite a few single people and they are worthy of dignity honor to be included and to be part of our church family and it's important that we have these conversations and so i think the first thing what i want to do though is also correct what i've heard is like some maybe not bad theology, but like misrepresented biblical ideas of marriage. And this was a a huge thing to understand because if you are a Christian, you believe in Christ, that is completeness. When you believe and trust in Christ, salvation makes you whole, makes you complete. As you read the gospels and you see Jesus, he restores people physically, he restores them relationally, spiritually, emotionally. He brings people to completeness. And that is the works of God in Christ and through the Holy Spirit. So when we have, and this is that narrative I got all the time in the church, they're like, you will find completeness in marriage. But when you look at the biblical ideas of marriage, they talk about when you get married, two become one. So two to one is subtraction, right? This is really basic math. Sorry, on a Sunday, you got to do math, but you're like, wait, this is easy. If you're two people, you've got to give something up of yourself for that person. That person needs to give something up of themselves to become one. This is called conflict. This is called the first few marriage. This is why they're like, hey, the first three years of marriage, Good luck. If you get through that, you'll be fine. Um, And it is true. There's such a dying to yourself in marriage, and I'm learning that. And like serving Jacqueline means I shouldn't do what's normal for me because this, this is the way of marriage. However, go back to this subtraction, two become one. Two complete whole people become one person in marriage in Christ. So to say you are complete in marriage is saying 
you're not complete. You're a half a person, they're a half a person, now you're one. That's addition. That means this person you're looking to is a savior, is a Christ-like figure, and you're saying Christ isn't powerful. His, his work on the cross, his resurrection wasn't enough to restore me or this person. And that is an unbiblical foundation for marriage if we're, we're believing to two half people come together. No, it's our completeness in Christ that makes us full and then we enter that marriage. So that, I just wanted to clear there because that constantly in the church and even from sometimes when they're preaching and I don't know if it's like necessarily it's, it's like a theological approach people take but it just, I feel like we get stuck because our cultural mindset is, has so prioritized marriage that we just be like, oh, it's so normal to be married like and that's my better half or my whole like that's where you find the complete list but I just want to say Christ is worthy Christ is enough amen yeah thanks I know we don't talk back a lot so everyone just like receives a message I'm like I don't know if you're receiving this or not but I'll make you kind of talk a little bit so good job guys Um, so with that being said I want to invite up two of our people Caleb and Kaylee if you guys want to work your way up towards the stage um Yeah, thank you. Give them a round of applause. Yeah, we figured, I just think it's, one, it's like fun to do things that are a little bit different and more engaging, but it's also hearing from people that are living this out right now is really important. And if you don't know Caleb and Kaylee, um, yeah, have a seat wherever you like. They are pillars of our community, super faithful, super amazing, um, and all living in a state of what is singleness in the church right now, and they were willing to share about themselves and their life, so this is like a real conversation, like they're sharing about who they are personally, so thank you for listening to them, and thank you guys for coming up here, and uh, before we dive in, Caleb... Kaylee, if you guys didn't <laughs> insinuate, um, do you want to Rochambeau to see who goes first? Rock, paper, scissors? Oh, I suck at this game. Okay. <laughs> on three or after three? Oh, on shoot. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Uh, see? Told you. So that way it's for, I didn't want to like <laughs> make it weird. So we have basically like three questions we're going to talk through and they're going to share and share how they're experienced this or what it's like. So the first question is this. What are some of the struggles you have experienced as a single person in the church? Yeah. Um, first, I think I'd, I'd like to say, I think our church, this congregation, actually does a really good job supporting single people. I feel really supported in this church. Um, so thank you for that. But I think the main struggle I faced as a single is kind of similar to what you were mentioning earlier, like this idea of like, am I complete? Am I a whole person? Um, And I think the church really, unfortunately, perpetuates that idea that maybe you're not complete, Um, like your life is lacking something um, until you find someone to marry. Um, And then that's the idea I had for a while until um, a big change for me was when I read Matthew 19, and Jesus says, no, like, it's actually better for some of you to stay single. It's, it's more blessed, your life will be more blessed if you stay single and just dedicate yourself to following God. 
So that doesn't mean that singleness is um, like easy or fun yeah. all the time. Like it's really challenging sometimes. Um, but that does mean that singleness is a blessing, actually. Like, it is a good gift. It's not like you're lacking something. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's a good thing that God has blessed you with. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Caleb. What about you, Kaylee? Um, yeah, I have a lot of practice at this, so <laughs> I'm going to kind of try to condense my thoughts. But I think so much of what you were sharing, Kyle, really resonated. Like, even just, like, the awkward jokes that, like, land wrong um or like just the attempts to enter into that but it, it like feels sour and I have to kind of process that after I think there's a lot of shame and like feeling of being isolated of just like why wasn't I chosen like why wasn't I good enough and I think specifically for women there's some unique parts about being single especially as you get older and just kind of like perpetuated or perceptions that I'm like oh I think you're thinking this about me and so I have to correct those in my head or, or just like ask my friends like hey did you think this yeah. and then like not let those fester in yeah. my brain um, I think one of those pieces too has just been navigating the longing like the, to be honest for the longing of partnership mm. and family yeah. And also not seeing marriage as the end goal, right? Um, And as an opportunity to love Jesus and build family in a different way. Like, I'm not excluded from that because I'm single. Um, Okay, two more. Um, Some things that people have said, and mostly without malicious intent, kind of going back to the joke part, um, but have been really tender. And so I have to kind of root those out or kind of go back to them and like, hey, please don't, you know, do this again. Or in this moment, could you think about like how that was felt? Um, kind of some of those third wheel or eighth or ninth wheel. It's an odd number. Um, and then I think this is really nerdy and I thought about it this morning. But one of the continuous things about being single in the church is every Sunday morning, I have to like work up the courage to ask someone to sit with them. Like I'm sitting in the pew by myself. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, can I, can I sit with you guys? And so even just the perspective of like in those simple everyday Sunday moments, like it still is like, oh, I have to enter in and I have to choose to be vulnerable or like be okay sitting there. And, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Thank you, guys. This next question is, um, how have you found ways to connect with families and couples while you're single? Um, yeah, I think that that has often felt like a kind of daunting task mm-hmm. to connect with people. Um, and it can feel really challenging, but um, I, as I thought about that, there was kind of two things I thought of that make it so challenging. The first is just that like, I think everyone is so busy yeah. all the time. <laughs> you know, it can, it's hard to make friends with anybody, I think, yeah. um, just because we don't have the time to do that always. But then the other thing, specifically with singles, between singles and families, is I think there's just not a lot of overlap um, often in the lives of singles and families, especially if you're like single and a student. Uh, like when I was a student, I think my life was just all about yeah. being in university and being a student. So I didn't overlap with families really at all. Um, but luckily I think the church is like a really great natural structure that provides that overlap. Um, so the way I found to connect with families and couples, the main way was just like through RCs here at Redemption. Um, you know, you can pick RCs that have people in there that are different than you. You know, if you're single, you can pick an RC that has a lot of families and couples or vice versa. If you're a family, you can pick an RC that has lots of singles. Um, and then that provides that overlap, and then you just need to create the time yeah. to connect yeah. with one another. Yeah, that's really good. 
Yeah, I would echo the same thing. I, I got to a place where I just had to be really vulnerable with my close friends and say, like, I want your family dinners where kids are throwing food at each other and I want the messy bedtime yeah. and like I, I want to enter into that and we can watch a movie you know after the kids go to bed and so just being willing to say like I want to enter into your like schedule because just with kids it's a different rhythm and in different seasons I've had more flexibility for that um, and I think the other piece has been uh, I have told a lot of my really close friends like I want you to tell me the hard parts of marriage, not in a gossipy way, but like, I want you to be honest with me. And I want, like, will you hold space for the, the, the hard parts of singleness? And so knowing that both can exist, like I can be frustrated at singleness, they can be frustrated yeah. that their partner steals all the sheets every night, like <laughs> mutual, mutual space to acknowledge that there's hard and joyous parts in both singleness and marriage. Yeah, that's great. Thank you guys. And I think before I go to the next question, one of the things that both Caleb and Kaylee were saying, and part of this space this morning, when I, I'm a very like practical person, so I'm like, what's the application? What's this practically mean? Is like, and we say this, and we try to say this a lot, is like, relationships are a two-way street. It's on both people. And so families or married people or singles, like it's a two-way street into each other's lives. So it's not like, oh, you're single, go find a family. Or it's not like families go find, it's, it needs to go both ways. And so like my prayer has been prepping for this is like, we'd be an open church to be like, hey, it's okay that we actually are RCs like really different because we're all different states of life. And people are willing to be like, hey, can I go to lunch with you after church? And we have that mix. Because it's really easy to be with the people who are like you. It feels safe, it's comfortable, you relate. But we learn so much when we step into lives of people who are way different than us. So I thank you guys for sharing that and taking the, being the people to be initiative and step into the, the lives of families and be that person. So good job, thank you. Last question we got. How would you describe the best practices for being single in the church as a Christian? I think best practices for being single um, really aren't all that different for, from best practices mm -hmm. for a couple or, or, marry, or you know, a family either. Um, the first thing, best practice for being single is just to rely on God. Yeah, cool. um, our... Our identity as Christians, first and foremost, is that we are children of God, right? My identity is not that I'm a single person. Um, it's that I'm loved by Christ. So that's, that's the first thing I think is important to keep in mind. Um, secondly, not focusing on what you don't have. Um, again, I think is important for everybody. I think as humans, we tend to always be looking at what we don't have and like longing for those things. Um, but if we do that, then we really just miss out on all the blessings that God has given us and all the opportunities God has given us right where we're at. Um, and then the third thing is, I think, just taking initiative and being that community builder. Um, there can be a lot of loneliness and isolation in singleness. Um, but yeah, so I, I just encourage people to be the one that takes the initiative creates the space and the time in yeah. life to connect with other people. And like you were saying, ha having that vulnerability um, to admit that you, you know, need community and want to pursue those things intentionally. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks, Caleb. Um, yeah, Caleb and I are on the same page with that. <laughs> I am pretty awkward sometimes, so I've like told my friends, like, I want to go on your family vacation. Like, I'll pay my own way, but I'll also <laughs> babysit while you have a date night. I just like, you know, 
the longing for family yeah. and what does that look like? And like, hey, I mean, it's awkward, but I've like shared hotel rooms like with all of the kids. Like, and it, there's just something like, I want your kids to FaceTime me. I want them to like call me aunt. Like I want them to be, I want there to be intentional relationship and for their kids to see like, I'm not weird. I'm not a project. Like you can still be like love Jesus and you can still be a community even when you don't have a partner. Um, if this is a surprise to no one, but I really love questions. So the three questions um, that have really helped frame this season for me, and I'm just going to share them with you. So one is how do you use your current season for however long it is to be faithful to Jesus and present with what he's given you to steward? Um, the second one, what does family mean to you in whatever season, stage, relationship, status? That's been a really painful question for me to have to navigate. And like going back to that vulnerability, like, hey, family means that kids I'm not related to call me aunt or um, I go to kids birthday parties. I'm like the only single person at a four-year-old's birthday party. So if you're there, hang out with me. Um, and then the third question, how do you celebrate with the people you love in every season and also be honest for the longing uh, for partnership and family someday? So again, that tension, how do we hold both? Yeah, that's really good. Can you read those three questions one more time? <laughs> yes. Those are really good. I think just hearing those again, because those are great questions that really get at the heart of like who we are as Christians and living faithfully to and for Jesus. Yes, if you're taking notes, I can also text these to you. After. <laughs> okay, how do you use your current season for however long it is to be faithful to Jesus and present with what he's given you to steward? Two, what does family mean to you in whatever season, stage, or relationship status you are in currently or hope to be at someday? And then how do you celebrate with the people you love in every season and also be um, honest for the longing for partnership and family? Yeah, those are really good. Thanks, Kaylee. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, thank you so much. You've been a huge blessing to us in the church and just helping out on Sunday. Like, appreciate you so much sharing, being vulnerable. And would you guys give them a round of a hand again? Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, again, thank you so much. I just, they're living this out right now and being willing to share with us is huge. And it's a hard thing to do. And it, it's really courageous of them. So I'm so thankful for Kaylee and Caleb for all they do and this morning. Um, and I think they're right. I think Caleb nailed it. I, because as a church, we regularly bring up this idea of singleness and we teach through this and we talk about it and we embrace the people in our church who are single. We have a, a really a healthy, growing community and culture of singleness. And so we want to keep that going and we want to perpetuate it and make sure those who are called into singleness or experience a season of singleness, like they are loved, supported, included. Um, and as we close this morning, though, like I just want to say a few things. And just to be clear, is marriage is good, and it is a God-given gift. So if that's what you feel led to, that's what you feel called into, that's great to pursue. Uh, live for Jesus as you're seeking out that person. And pray through it. Invite God into that. It is a great place to be. If you have never thought about being single or staying single, I would just challenge to pray about that. Have you ever asked God or prayed through what is singleness or, hey, how, how do I fit in this singleness? And is this for me? Do I feel that gift? Um, and that can be uh, 
a really hard thing to think about or try to do, but the invitation isn't necessarily just like do something for the sake of it. It's because this is like a closeness to God. It's a, a intimacy that we can share with the Lord if we invite into these different spaces of our hearts, our minds, our relationships. So I just invite you into that. And then, um, yeah, lastly, I would just say, as we've already kind of touched on a few times, um, the singles in our church are dignified. They're great people. We love you. And but let's do a great job of talking to people, whether you're married in a relationship or single, of bridging those gaps and not, and I was thinking through how do we do this? Because like in my story, it's always like, what's your relationship status? Like who's, like that was a priority in conversation, but I was thinking it's like, if we know someone's single, why do we feel this pressure to be like, oh, I got a friend for you, or da-da-da, like, are you married, or whatever, instead of being like, hey, like, how do you walk with the Lord and engaging, be like, hey, have you ever felt this, or like, trying to ask some maybe better questions around this singleness topic, instead of being like, hey, yeah, marriage, relationships, like, that's a priority, because it may not be someone's priority, and we could like, gaslight their feelings in their calling, or diminish their, their gifting and singleness, so I think we, this can open up some great conversations. And then too, I think as I've learned, I think what both Kaylee and Caleb said so great is this idea of just initiating with people that are different. I know this was in the context of relationships. I know like some of my best friends, McKella and Ennebong, they were my best friends. They got married. They started having kids. They stayed my best friends. We planted a ministry together. We were doing like six day in prayer meetings. Have you ever done that with like an infant and a newborn? Like it is messy. I'm, I was single. I'm like, wow, this is what it's like. You don't have this like very strict organized prayer time. It's like this kid's like beating his brother up. This kid's like dying over here. You got to like work this through. Someone's praying. You're like, someone's ringing the kids. Someone's praying. Someone's feeding the kid. Like this was stuff I was like, oh, I really never thought about discipleship and family and representing witnessing Jesus to these little ones because I don't have kids I'm single but choosing to be with them and them choosing to be a part of my life I learned so much and so I just I think it's so important that we can share that with people and understand the diversity in the church is amazing and beautiful and we only learn that when we're with someone who's different from us so we got to do that work. We got to initiate with others. Um, and that's why we do the tradition of the regreet. So next time I'm up here, I'm going to make you do it because it forces us to be in relationship, you know? Um, and so, yeah, make friends with each other. This is a great space to do it. And I think a one last story I want to share before I close is um, actually Nick over here. He's, we've been meeting up, hanging out for his past year or so. A few weeks ago, he texts me and he's like, hey, I want to come over for dinner with Jacqueline and you. And I was like, great, come on over. And I told Jacqueline, I was like, hey, Nick wants to come to dinner. And she's like, he wants to come to dinner with me too? And she, she was like mind blown. She was so excited for it. She's like, wait, he wants to have dinner with the two of us? I was like, yeah, he wants to just hang out. Because usually it's like, we'll hang out. I'll be like, hey, Nick's coming over. We're going to hang out and do this. And we like do our thing, which is good too. But she was like so honored by Nick's like, hey, I just want to have dinner with you guys. Um, and so it was great having dinner together. So I think it's just those kind of things should be like normalized. And uh, I know life gets busy or crazy. It, but it's like, how can we create the space and be initiative towards others and welcome people into our life 
or wherever we're at in life. And so let me um, close this by praying. And then if uh, the band wants to come back up, then we'll move into a time of reflection. But let me pray. Lord God, I just thank you that you have made us in your image, Lord God. Whether we're single and want to be married, whether we're single and content, even whether we're engaged or married right now, whether we're widowed or divorced, uh, wherever we're at, Lord, we've been made in your image, Lord God. And I just pray that and I thank you that your spirit is available to renew us, to refresh us, to give us uh, a new identity in you, Lord God. And I pray that we as a church, we'd step into some of the awkwardness and uncomfortableness of initiating and being in relationship in people's lives that are different, Lord. And Lord, that you would just bring us together more and more so we'd love each other uh, as a diverse community and we'd be united in Christ. Just thank you for this time. I thank you for Caleb and Kaylee and their courage and boldness to share and for their faithful witness to uh, living through uh, following you and being single in this time, Lord God. So thank you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.